shorter of a uh, countdown this week. So um, I see people running and rushing and coming in, and that's good stuff, right? Um, is this August or May? <laughs> Isn't it crazy the last couple of years? I think last year we didn't have one week over, um, one day over 90 degrees, right, in last August, and I think it's 
Getting, well, yesterday it was 90, but still, it's, it's amazing, and I'm loving this weather. Who, who would have thought you loved August? Um, but let's keep in mind, last year with that nice August, um, it also brought a very, very bad winter. So enjoy it while it's here. We want, you, we're, um, want to welcome you to Haven Community Church. Please stand up. We're going to go ahead and worship the Lord today in and, and song. Um, as you can see... Uh, For, uh, for some of you here today, you can see we're down a little bit with our praise team. There, people getting last-minute uh, vacations. Um, welcome online, those who are watching, which may be some of our praise team who is enjoying their vacations. Um, but most of all, we're here to worship the Lord. Uh, so are you excited? Yeah. Oh, come on. you got to yes. do that again. Are you excited? Yes, I'm very excited. Okay. All right, so we're going to worship the Lord, and we just want you to just focus and glorify Him and just celebrate Him. Feel free to just be free in worship um, for He's God. Let's open with prayer today. Lord God, we just give you praise for who you are. We thank you for um, being the God of the universe and giving us this great weather. Today, as we close out this uh, sermon series called Pressure, God, we pray that we may have not only heard something, but that we may live it out in our lives. So as we continue in this, uh, this service today, just... Get all the stuff aside, remove it away, throw it out the door so that we can do one thing, and that's focus on you and just enjoying your presence with us. And that we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You all know this one. It's here singing out. And lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our saint We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He And together we sing Everyone sing Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Sing it out. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He And together we sing Sing it out! Everyone sing Filled with His glory, 
do we sing? Everyone, sing that to everybody, sing, let's hear it. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Brothers keep 
first day of the rest of your life Cause even in the dark you can still see the light It's gonna be alright It's gonna be alright This is the first day of the rest of your life This is the first day of the rest of your life Cause even in the dark you can still see the light It's gonna be alright It's gonna be alright And love will hold us together Make us a shelter to weather the storm And now be my brother's keeper so the whole world will know that we're not alone. Now what I want to do right now is I want to go back ahead and I want to um, sing that chorus through the bridge and come back in the chorus and sing it like you mean it. Sing it like love will hold us together. Ready? Here we go for the chorus. And love will hold us together. Make us a shelter to weather the storm. And now... My brother's keeper So the whole world will know That we're not alone This is the first Day of the rest of your life This is the first Day of the rest of your life Cause even in the dark You can still see the light It's gonna be alright It's gonna be alright This is the first this is the first day of the rest of your life. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Cause even in the dark, you can still see the light. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. Here we go. And love will hold us together. Make us a shelter to weather the storm And I'll be my brother's keeper So the whole world will know that we're not alone Amen. You may have a seat. Whew. Everybody getting hot? I have to get my James Brown. It's hot. Okay. All right. Welcome to Hot Haven Community Church. Here we go. Um, good to see everybody once again. Um, a couple announcements. You know, I'm going to have you, um, gonna have you uh, listen right here. This, if you're interested in Sunday school, this um, week, August 13th, um, there will be a Sunday school meeting. If you are interested in helping teach um, and be part of that, um, you may be scared to death. How many would be scared to death to teach children or young people? All right, you're perfect. Um, so, um, but it's a great opportunity. I know people who have filled in the summer were kind of like, wow, you know, I thought I'd have nothing in common, and they really touched my heart, and it's awesome, um, awesome experience. So if you're interested in that, um, please go ahead, and you can um, show up this week here. Uh, Women of Faith, Marsha, still sign-ups today? Marsha will be signing people up for Women of Faith today. Um, and you can see the dates of that, September 5th and 6th. So that is coming very, very close. You want to go ahead and 
um, have that opportunity. Also, next week is the Parish Foundation. Are we good there with um, help for the Parish Foundation, or you may want to continue? Do we still need help? A little bit of help. So um, if you're interested in that, um, there's information. Um, Bobby, I'll let you, I mean, Bobby, Bonnie, Bobby and Bonnie, they sit there. Try to say that five times real fast. Um, they're, they're in the back right there. Wave your hand real high. There you go. And they will go ahead and help you. I know Rachel, I saw her uh, zip out as well. And also Community Kitchen. Um, and you can see the help is needed there. There is some uh, contact information. I know Donna's here. I think she's assisting with Sunday school today. Um, so uh, that would be great if they go ahead and connect there. Um, also, um, also on the 13th, flag football down at Northeast Park for the youth. So if you aren't youthful um, and you, you're upset, that's, that's too bad. Okay, we can have an adult one. Um, and then there, the, um, what we found out is several in, of the youth are going to high school this year. And the date of the 19th, is, which was scheduled for a um, swim study, um, is going to have to be postponed because many of those who are going into ninth grade have high school orientation. So we ha um, that's nothing on our part. That's the wonderful school system that they're ready to get back, and I'm sure they're excited. I'm sure they'd rather be um, going ahead and have a swim study than going and finding out where they got to be for classes. Um, so, but, that's, but that's good. It's awesome. And um, if you're like me, you're ready for your children to get back. Am I right? There we go. Oh, yeah, I heard some claps. So, but it's great that you're here. We're here to celebrate the Lord, and we're excited about that. Uh, we do have some uh, prayer requests that we have. Robin Hildebrand um, is asking for prayer for Ray, her husband, who was punctured by a nail in his hand. So we want to pray for healing for Ray. Um, Jennifer Logolo prays that it's Benjamin's 18th birthday. There you are. 18. I, happy birthday, Benjamin. All right. And Marsha um, asked for prayers for some lady named Judy Music, who happens to be my mother-in-law. Um, Judy has been experiencing a lot of pain and... Um, not quite sure what's going on there. So we want to go ahead and continue to lift her in prayer. Rhonda Carl Elkins, um, Brother Chet has a tumor um, in his bladder, and he's 86. So we want to go ahead and lift him in prayer. And uh, Lois lifted up for Cecilia Farrow and family. Um, her daughter passed away on Friday. All right, so we want to go ahead and lift those prayers up. If you have other prayer requests and you um, forgot to hand them in, if you go back where the sconces are under, um, underneath, you can go ahead and drop them. If you're watching online or if you get home, um, there's a, a link on the website where you can go ahead and click, and it'll go right to our prayer coordinator so we can lift those up in prayer and get them out. If you want to be part of the prayer chain, um, go ahead and do the same thing and contact um, Debbie Chadwick. We'll go ahead there. All right? So what I want you to do right now, I want you to, just everybody stand up and greet those people around you as you can say hi and hello and all that good stuff. All right, if everybody will be still, we're going to go ahead and lift up, um, lift up all these in prayer, all right? Lord God, we come before you today. We thank you for fellowship and joy with other, with other people here as part of the body of Christ and are excited about that. We're excited about all the uh, things that are, are going on and how our church is reaching out to those who are less fortunate and also just um, having opportunities to grow closer together. And so, Lord, right now, as for those who are here and for those who are traveling that may be watching online, um, 
or those who are, are at home watching online, God, we just ask for a special blessing of your Holy Spirit. Meet us where we are and just encourage us and strengthen us in your will. So, God, there's so many things. Um, as you told, uh, as you told um, Martha, uh, as we talked about several weeks ago, Martha, Martha, there are so many, you worry about so many things. And, and Lord, there's a lot of Martha in each of us. And so, God, I ask that you just take those Martha situations and you just go ahead and bring your anointing and your praise. And so, God, right now, as we move to this time where we have an opportunity to, to give back to you, I want to thank you for, for the tither and the giver, for those who um, are making a commitment to go ahead and give to you. Uh, God, just bless that gift, whether it be here or whether they click online and can go ahead and give. We thank you for all the gifts. But, God, we recognize that the needs are so great in our community and our world that we can only begin to scratch the surface unless you use your Holy Spirit power and multiply them. And so that's what we ask that you do at this moment. So, God, your scripture says you love a cheerful giver. Let us give and give glory to you for all the things that you've given to us. And for that, we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. Be still, be still, and know that I am God. Be still, be still, and know that I am God. Though the rains may fall and the winds may blow and the Deep in your soul, just hold on to me, and I'll see you through. You are my child, and I won't leave you. Be still, be still, and know that I am God. Be still, be still. Be still, 
Today's reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 33. Jesus drives out an impure spirit. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an impure spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this, a new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Jesus heals many. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and deep possessed, demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. Somebody say that was hurt their week. So, how many of you can relate to that? Yeah, um, we are concluding. If you're visiting today, we are concluding our series called Pressure. And I, I, I didn't do it, but I really wanted to do everything I could to have Billy Joel's Pressure, right? Um, so, but that was in the '80s. 
So I figured I'd, get, I'd leave that alone as we started the summer there. Welcome. Again, we are uh, finishing our series on pressure. And anybody feel the pressure? Okay. Uh, how many feel like the pressure just kicked up a little bit? How many teachers we have in here? Next week? Next Monday. Ooh. You excited? Good to know when you have kids. No, I mean, so the kids are equally excited. But um, if you are joining us um, and you want to catch up, um, please go ahead and you can do so online. But we're just glad, number one, that you're here today and you'll be able to connect into that. Um, how many of you have ever lived under pressure? I heard you saying, like, right there, that was your week. Uh, it's nice to hear those birds at the end, isn't it? Um, you know, how many times do we just get to stop, forget the roses, and listen to something in nature? Um, a couple months, uh, a couple weeks, months ago, I shared with you about running in, um, when I was in Fair Hill, and I had these earphones in my ear, um, and I'm listening to something that was, some music, some talk, some something, and I had to stop and tie my shoe or do something else, and I heard this wonderful thing called birds and water and air blowing, and I shut the thing off and decided this sounds a heck of a lot better than what's in my ears. Um, but I feel like that's how many ways we live through life, and we work through that, just with this pressure, with this kind of craziness that exists in the midst of our lives. And so if you can see how that zoomed in, and, and the, the subtitle of today is Not at Home. Uh, can anyone relate to that, that you spend a majority of your life running, 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 and home is kind of like a place where you just throw stuff in and leave? Um, but pay an exorbitant amount for it. Anybody relate to that? Okay, so we're going to kind of talk about that. And uh, before we get further in there, um, I want to give you, a, I want to remind you of a definition of pressure. And uh, we shared this, I think, week one or week two. But pressure is an interesting place. Pressure is the place between the pace of your life and your limits. Between the pace of your life and your limits. And how, how many of you really believe that at times in your life, or let's say at times over the last month, you may have pressed your limits or gotten really close? Anybody? All right. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to share about that. And when I see this, um, that title back there that said, Not at Home, I can relate to that a little bit in my life. Back in 2005... Um, Everything was going well. I was a pastor in a local church here. Um, it, was, it, was doing a, a, it was doing really well. I was happy. They were happy. I think most of the people were happy. There's always somebody who's not happy. Um, but everything seemed to be going well. And then all of a sudden, I got in the United Methodist Church, which I was in at the time, the, the dreaded call. And anybody knows what that means? That means they call you because they do this thing every year called musical chairs. And they go ahead and they pick you up and plop you somewhere. And for me, they called me to go to Lewis, Delaware, which isn't a bad place to be. I mean, you're, you're off, you can go down to the beach. It's kind of cool. But um, in the midst of that, I just didn't feel like God was done. But God, uh, but um, the uh, superintendency and everybody else thought I did. So I went. But one of the problems was it was 2005. Now, did anybody try to buy a house in 2005? Did anybody try to rent anything in 2005? In case you don't know, that was at the peak of the market around here. It was exorbitant. People would put their house on at 9 o'clock in the morning. It would sell by noon that day. It was crazy around there. Anybody remember that? Okay. And a lot of people made a lot of money. A lot of people lost a lot of money, but it was kind of a crazy time in the midst 
of the world. Now, keep in mind, they were sending me to Lewis, Delaware, which is by what? The beach. Guess how much the prices are there? Exactly. So as I, we were looking, we started in Lewis and we ended up at about um, Dover and still could not afford anything. So we just ended up because um, the housing allowance was not a major housing allowance. So Melissa and I made a decision. What was best for our family to go ahead, uh, what we thought was best for our family was to go ahead and she and the kids would stay here. Keep in mind, we had a six-month-old, Hannah, and, um, and you can add two to that every year and you'll figure up until you get like three more and then you'll be, find out how many others we had. And so, and Judah wasn't even thought of at the time. And so here we are, and my grandmother was alive. She lived in Milton, and so what I would do, we went down. Melissa and I experienced the joy of sleeping on air mattresses in my office. Um, I say that with great sarcasm. And as we were doing that, um, it got to a point where it was just too much. They were here. I had a lot of work to do. I was there. And, I, and what I was doing, I was doing it for the right reasons. I was going ahead and staying there, working, serving a, a large church, a church of a thousand members, and, um, which had about um, somewhere from uh, 300 to uh, close to about 460 in it by the time I left. And I did that for two and a half years. Melissa used to joke, I don't think it was funny to her, but she used to say that I was her college student, meaning I would come home, bring my dirty laundry, say, hi, how you doing, eat the food, and leave. Um, and that would happen. There were some weeks I never got home for two weeks straight um, with young kids. And, um, and there was all kinds of other things. Some of you who've known us that long know it was not the easiest thing in the world to do. And so in the midst of all this, I was doing it for a good reason, to support my family. And I was um, in, in studying for this message, I came across to who I believe is one of the, the most formative pastors in the United States today, is a guy named Andy Stanley. And Andy Stanley, when he was starting this vibrant church called North Point down in Georgia, Andy talks about working long and hard hours. I mean, it just trying to get this church rolling, he was just working and working and working. And as he was doing so, as he was helping this church grow and be the church that it needed to be, he was realizing he was doing it to the detriment and almost cost him his family. And he stopped and he started to say, what's going on here? Why am I, why am I doing this? Is this what God wants from me? And so they had a, a, a conversation and he talked with God and he, God just revealed to him two very important things, that there are two things that are just truly unique to him. And he realized that anybody could come in and be the pastor. Anybody could do this. And as he looked, he said, the two unique things that I found in my life is I can only be the first husband to my wife. Now, she, if I keep it up, she can get a second one. But I can only be the first husband. And the only other unique thing is I can only uniquely be the father of my children. You know, um, I'm the only one who can do that. And so as he began to look at these things, he said, if that's what's unique about me, I need to pay attention to that, and I need to give time and effort to that area. So what he found out, he was under intense pressure at a moment. As I also recognized from when I was in Lewis, one of the things I share with people is I had a conflict in my life of answering the call of God on my life and also living up to, let's keep the same language, the unique nature of being the first husband to my wife and my children's father. And that was a conflict for me in that. And as I wrestled with that, 
there was an intense amount of pressure in my life because I wanted to please everybody, and I couldn't. And meanwhile, what was happening is the things that I was uniquely connected to began to suffer the most, where the things that other people could have filled in ended up doing well. When you're under pressure, you can be under pressure doing good things. Did you realize that? You can do really good things, but be under pressure. Um, And what ends up happening is you end up hurting the ones that you love the most. I know many of you here are today, you're running crazy and working like crazy due to economics. You may be building a career. You may be in college and you're working so hard because you want to get into grad school or you want to get a good job and you're working, working, working and you're, you're doing this and you have so many good reasons for going ahead and doing these things. But I want to tell you something. We exist that way because of one thing. The world is a mess. It's a complete mess. For instance, this week, this week I just picked up the news, just went ahead and said, I'm going to look at the news. How many of you like to look at the news? How many of you like to torture yourself by looking at the news? Uh, okay. Uh, it, you know, I, I always find it very interesting on the news where they'll be talking and they'll say, um, three killed in a mass homicide today, in a, in a, in a homicide today, and it's going to be sunny tomorrow. You know, and you're like, wait a second here. It's like there's no feeling there because we're just so numb to what goes on. Look, at these are just some of the things that were talked about the last week or so in the news. The Ebola virus. Um, imagine that, the Ebola virus that people were talking about. We're bringing it in here. Are we crazy? Israel and the conflict in the Gaza Strip. Airstrikes in Iraq when we thought we were done. Local news. You pick up a paper you, or you look at the, uh, the web and it says um, people who are arrest, arrested and sentenced on drug distribution charges. There's shootings and murders. And I, I found this one I didn't even know about, but they're, they're looking for somebody who was an arsonist, burning things. This is right here. And so I began to say, wow, you know, our world's a mess. Now, you know what, what's really interesting? If you look, um, some of us like to go ahead and have our clothes, and some of us have it nice and neat. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> Others of us just kind of go like this and go... Okay, that works, you know. Um, you know what I mean? And we just kind of throw stuff in a pot. How many of you have ever done that? You haven't? Okay, there you go. Sniff the person next to you and find out, okay? Um, but, you know, we just kind of throw stuff in a heap. Of course, that's in there, right? Um, and so we just kind of throw that like that. But this is neater. What we find out is this is my life right here. That's my life. It's a mess. That's the, the, the world around us. It's messy and some of us can't stand the people who have it nice and neat, and everything's just happy. You ever been around somebody who's really, really chipper? Even that term chipper makes you want to punch them, <laughs> right? Everything in this world seems a mess. Since the fall of man or, and woman, we'll include her in this one, um, the fall of Adam and Eve, this world has been on a mess because we decided we did not want God to be in control. We didn't want God to be in charge. We didn't want to spend time with God and have him depict, but we wanted to be like God, knowing good and evil. And guess what? We got what we asked for. But you know what the problem is? When we go ahead and we end up 
in, in life. And I found this in myself that when I'd come home, I'd want to, or, or when I have a problem, I want to fix it. I want to start to fix everything. And guess what? They say, no, that's not the right way. Right? And you, what, you can fold another one. No, that looks awful. And what happens is there's this endless supply of messy laundry, and I'm trying to fix it, but I have issues in fixing it myself. And why do I have that? You know what happens? What, when I try to fix this messy world, it creates a huge amount of pressure. It creates more pressure than I know what to do with. And what we find out is Jesus lived a life and came here. Jesus lived, and he lived in this world called a mess. Because from the time of Adam and Eve, Jesus came after that. He was before, but he's also after. We'll get in that in a second. But he came into the existence and dealt with the mess and knew that he was the solution. Can you imagine the pressure? Let's think about Jesus. Jesus is fully God, fully God with all the power, all the everything, and yet he also, in order to become human, he get, there's something called, ready for your, here's your technical term today. Ready? Are you excited? There are limitations to the incarnation. Ooh. Let's try that again. You guys can, ooh, okay? Ready? There are limitations to the incarnation. Yeah, that's good. Uh, what that means is, in order, even though he's fully God, in order to be fully human, he had to set aside some things like omnipresence. Okay? Everybody understand that? And he did that, so he related and dealt with the same things that you and I did, because if God himself could not overcome that and be sinless, then we had no hope. And so what Jesus did is become fully God, fully human. Here he is, and in doing so, He's in the midst of a mess. And can you imagine the pressure of seeing and experiencing the mess of this world and knowing you are the solution? That's what Jesus did. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to um, Mark chapter 1. Okay? You can turn to Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 39. And I'd love for you, if you have your Bibles, turn there so that you're open because we're going to bounce around a lot. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to discuss several things here as we look. So, this world is a mess. Jesus comes into it. Now, let's read this. Even though it was read for us, I'm going I'm to expand a little bit more on it. And it says, they went to Capernaum. Now, I'm going to read it from here because I changed the version. So I want to go ahead and you guys can watch along. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. Now, if you go to Capernaum now, they have a big sign up there that says, Capernaum, the hometown of Jesus. This is where he kind of made his base. And it says, when the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with what? Real authority. Real authority. Not like the teachers of the law did. Okay, so now what they're hearing is they're hearing something that is brand new. They're hearing something that they've never heard before. And it's moving their hearts. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an by a evil spirit began shouting, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? So imagine, we're sitting in church, everything's, oh, wow, ooh, isn't that great? Ooh. And all of a sudden, why are you messing with me? Okay. I know you're the Holy One of God. Jesus cut him short and said, Be quiet, come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed, Ah! Okay, there we go. And threw the man into a convulsion and then came out of him. 
All right, so what in the world is going on here? Here you have people that are listening to an authoritative word, something they never heard. It wasn't just nice little kind of nice speeches. It was something that contained an authority that touched their hearts. And they're like, wow, this is awesome. Then all of a sudden, somebody goes, ah, starts screaming and yells this stuff. And Jesus tells him, sit down, shut up, come out, boom. Then you have another situation. You have them that are saying, wait a second. He has the power to release somebody from oppression. So first of all, they're saying, whoa, this guy makes sense. This is really important. Then they say, so think about it. Here's your messed up world. Here's where we are. Your messed up world. You guys want me to fall, don't you? Um, In this messed up world, here you are. And here comes Jesus who is the answer, and you start to have, because when you live in a messed up world and you accept that everything's messed up, then you also have a situation where you're, you're messed up too. And so what we look at is there is pressure. Everybody wants something from Jesus now. Everybody says, whoa, wait a second. I want to hear, I want to hear, I want to hear. Then he releases somebody from this oppression. Ooh, ooh, he can do that too. Wow, so everybody is seeing that he has the answer to everything. Pressure is building a building. Now let's move to verse 29 through 31. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Stop. These are the the big guys. These were, what many believe, partners in fishing. They're brothers, not together, but different brothers. Peter, uh, Peter or Simon, Simon Peter and Andrew are brothers. And James and John, they were called sons of thunder. They were, they were like right-hand people, these guys. All right? So, and they, and they go to Simon's um, and Andrew's home. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. I really think that's really funny. Um, you know, I think it's funny that Jesus is like, mm, I'm hungry. Where is she? You know? Um, so, uh, but he did it like just, just very innocently. Here, think about his day. His day is he just goes to synagogue. And as the synagogue was, if you felt that you could share something, you would go up and you would share. And he spoke with his authority that they had never heard. And they're like, wow, this guy knows. It's touching my head and my heart. Then this guy flips out and they say, oh, that's crazy Ned or whatever. And he goes, Phew out, release him, and now Ned's not crazy anymore. Ned's not, like, flipping out. Ned's not, like, evil anymore. He's a peace. And they're like, wow, I need peace in my life. Then Jesus goes ahead, goes to the mother-in-law's house. Oh, she's sick in bed with a fever. He said, where is she? And he says, here you go. You're healed. Get up. Wow, he heals sickness, too. Just really innocently, this is what happens here. So she makes him a meal. So he's he's the authoritative, he's powerful, and he's a healer. Now let's look at verse 32. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. Ready for verse 33? The whole town gathered at the door. Let me ask you a question. How would you feel if after dinner tonight, now after dinner, you kind of, I don't know if you're like me, you're like, oh, it's that tired time. If all of a sudden a knock at the door and the whole town is at your door wanting something. 
you're going to slam the door and tell them to go home, aren't you? Jesus did not do that. He didn't do that at all. So Jesus healed many who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. It's an incredible verse here. The whole town came, and Jesus healed and released them. Imagine the pressure that he's dealing with at this moment. You see, everybody wanted something from Jesus. Everybody wants something. Pressure occurs when this happens. Have you ever, some of you may have a job where everybody wants something from you. How's that working for you? It's a job that may, you may never be home. And when you are at home, you're not mentally at home. Because guess what? You know, tomorrow morning somebody needs something. So you better stay up late and work because tomorrow they're going to need you. Or they may call you. How many are thrilled that you have a cell phone that work can call you at any time? And don't they? All right. This is what many situations happen in our lives. Pressure occurs after a full day. And you know what happens is, if you're like me, I run into many people whose lives are messy, real messy. And I want to help them. I want to help them clean up the mess. But you know, it's difficult at times. Because what we find out is something occurred to me after I came home from Lewis. Is I started to pop in and do things like I usually did. And I found out that my family had a way of doing things that I was interfering with. Many people who travel for a living understand that, that life goes on without you. And it's difficult. And I remember coming home for the first several months when I came home that I felt like a stranger in my own home because I wasn't there. And it left this gap and a void in me. It wasn't their fault, but it was because I bought into something that was not unique to me and didn't take care of that. So let's look at some, some more of the scriptures and things today, all right? Um, in addition to the world being a mess, is our own world is in a mess. And so often when we are in a mess and we try to help others clean up their mess, we have two big messes. And so some of you may be working so hard in life to get the career and do the good things, provide, and what ends up happening is your marriage is in trouble because of it. Or you may have ended up in a moral failure because you've been working so hard and nobody appreciates you at home. We have a pressure to fix both the world around us, which is in a mess, and our own messy world. And we try to hold everything together and we feel it falling apart. The pressure to fix, and I don't have this, I have this on a slide, but I don't have it, on, I don't believe, on your sheet. The pressure to fix either mess is overwhelming. Have you, anybody here had enough problems trying to fix your own mess? You ever tried to fix somebody else's on top of yours? It's overwhelming. And you realize in your life that this is not as it should be. So what do you do about it? Okay, let's look what we're going to do about it. And we can find out from what Jesus said 
about what we're going to do about it right here. And we're going to look at verses 35 through 39. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, what did they say? Who? Who's looking? Everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go to other towns as well. And I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. So what do we do? Well, we can learn a lot from God and and from Jesus and how he related to this pressure. When you have pressure in your life and everybody's looking for you and you need something, here's what you have to do first. Before you react, get God's viewpoint. Jesus, I I love the fact that Jesus said, I have got to get out of here or they're going to want to need me. He got up really early in the morning. And back then, you know, they didn't have like a lot of, like, they didn't have any electricity. Um, but they had, you know, fire and things like that. But they basically went the day, the, the most important part of the day was when the sun was up. So he probably got up well before the sun was up and got out and went off to a place by himself, quiet, to get connected to God. Many of us need to go ahead and do that. We need to get by ourselves and with God in order to find out what God says. When our lives are a mess and we're at the bottom of the pile, we can't hear God. Have you ever like covered your ears when you were a kid? You put all blankets and pillows and it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's how we hear God in our life because everything's a mess on top of us. And so in the midst of that, we just need to stop and get in touch with Jesus. Stop the noise. Get God's perspective, which is different from us. You know, it's, it's a reason that Jesus said, I am I mean, that God said, I am. I am is a plural term, meaning, what's the answer to your question? I am. What's the answer to your problem? I am. I call it Popeye God. Remember Popeye? I am what I am. Right? That's God. I am what I am. Whatever you have, whatever mess you have, I am. I am the answer. And that's one of the things that we need to embrace and learn in our lives, that he is the answer to every need that we have. And when we get God's perspective, we recognize that God's perspective is completely different than ours. Something that we looked at is uh, dragging us down and tearing us apart. In God's perspective, is something that can be a building block and have our relationship with him grow stronger than ever because we learn to trust on him. You might remember, for those who were here a couple weeks, where I drew on a sheet and I put our limits up here and I had the different lines and how we push up to the limits. Every time we push up to the limits, we need to go ahead and drop back so we give God room to move. God can't move if we're all the one who's moving up to that limit all the time in every ounce and area of our lives. We need to stop and when we stop, we pull back and reevaluate things and recognize that God has a different perspective on this than you or I do. God is good on a higher level than you and I can ever imagine. His goodness is overwhelming. So let God speak into your life and into your world. You know, it's really interesting. This, uh, this verse of Scripture is also written about in Luke chapter 4. We have Matthew, um, Mark chapter 1 and Luke chapter 4. And it's really interesting. In Luke chapter 4, we find out that the people show up and they, after he's in a solitary place, first you have Simon Peter showing up, and then he says, everybody's looking for you. And then it says, all the people show up. Can you see this, like, pack of needy people just following around? And they get there, and it says, they begged him not to leave. 
They begged him not to leave. And I find out that in our lives, some things that uh, are fixable by God's perspective and maybe not the approach that we would take in. Think about this. If Jesus had jumped in and just stayed there and said, yeah, I'm going to clean up everything, he would have missed out on doing what God had called him to do elsewhere and around the place. The, the main situation is Jesus knew who he was. He knew why he had come into the world. Isn't that what he says? He says, hey, we need to go and take this elsewhere because that's why I came. That's why I'm here. He knew his next step, and he was to take the good news to others. Jesus was not just the authoritative, this authority speaker who was inspiring. He's not just a teacher, but he can be. He's not just a powerful bondage breaker, but he can do that. He wasn't just this compassionate healer or was a hungry healer that just needed some food and healed her. He is the savior of the world. And he knew by being the savior of the world, that was his main goal. It would have been comfortable for him to stay in Capernaum. Everybody there loved him because they needed something from him. And everybody surrounded themselves by him and he gave to them. Think about it. The whole town came out. I think it's interesting. The whole town came out the night before and Jesus healed a lot of stuff, but the whole town came back again the next day. Because guess what? Your mess is going to be there again tomorrow. You know why? Because you're a mess. Look at the person next to you. Say, you're a mess. Look at me and say, you're a mess. We are a mess. The world around us is a mess. This isn't how God intended it. And yet Jesus says, no, my father wants me to go elsewhere and do something. It's an important thing for us to learn to see where God is calling us. In other words, when you're dealing with pressure, don't blindly go into something. Don't purposely make a statement and rush into something. Drop back, get alone, leave the cell phone, leave everything else, and just hear God's perspective. So how do, how do we do that? Well, we need to act out of our own uniqueness. This is something else that Jesus did. Act out of our own uniqueness. Look around you. I see nobody who looks exactly the same. I see nobody who acts exactly the same. You're unique. Scripture tells us that God formed you in your mother's womb. He knit you together. He's got a lot of stuff going on, but you're so special that he put you together perfectly the way you are. If you want to alleviate the pressure, you need to get God's perspective because with that, once you get God's perspective, you can go ahead and analyze exactly your own uniqueness. Um, I, I was thinking back when planning for this sermon, and when I was a little kid, I played in Northeast Little League. Okay? Anybody ever do Little League? Okay. Anybody ever coach in Little League? You survive. Okay? Um, but, but at the time, my, and still today, my favorite team is the Phillies. And uh, no comment. Um, and my favorite baseball player was Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle. And I loved everything about him. The day I was supposed to be born was actually his birthday, April 14th. And I actually went and met him one time. I was like, oh, it's awesome. You know, I gave him a birthday card because around his birthday and all this kind of stuff. And he probably took it and threw it away or bet on it or I don't know. Um, <laughs> but my batting stance, I, I just had a regular batting stance. I was a kid. But I remember watching him 
and they wanted to emulate that real crouch position, right? Remember? You know, I even tried to switch it, which was brutal, you know, for a while. But I read these little books about him and everything, and, you know, I'm not a big reader. wasn't then either, but I, it was Pete Rose, so it was good. I have videos and anything um, I could see. Like when they'd have This Week in Baseball and they'd have Pete Rose on there, I was like, ah, i got to watch. And I remember going to the Phillies game, and I just love when they did. I cheer the loudest in the whole place. And I tried to emulate my game based off of Pete Rose. And what I found out is Pete Rose is a unique person. And so am I. That I couldn't do exactly what he did. I could mimic it, but it doesn't fit me because guess what? That's not geared for me. And when you understand your own uniqueness, you know what you need to do in God's kingdom. And so here's what we have here. You need to act out of your own uniqueness. So what about our uniqueness? I want to share some things about what your uniqueness involves as we wind down this service today. Your uniqueness, according to Jesus and in, in life, to alleviate pressure, know what makes your heart come alive. When you're unique, you know what makes your heart come alive. So I'm going to ask you, what is it that drives you? What is it that motivates you? What is it that empowers your soul, that soul that God created? What is it? that God designed you to be. Think about that for a second. What makes your heart come alive? What is it in your life? Let me ask you this question. For those of you who are married, what makes your spouse's heart come alive? If you're struggling with that, I bet you have some pressure areas in your life. What makes your children's heart come alive? And then I think even harder is what makes your heart come alive. What do you need to have your heart come alive? You know, some of you may say, like, like let's, let's think about it for a second. If I removed everything in life, I removed all your worries, uh, you were paid for, everything was taken care of, which finances, as we talked about last week, tend to be a big pressure thing with people. If you're, you had the greatest job and everything was wonderful and you had everything taken care of, what would you want to do? And before you say, I'd want to kick up on a beach with nothing, and I'd rather sit in the mountaintops singing the hills of our life. And before you do that, that's not what makes your heart come alive. That's what has you escape from the pressures, and you're living in that mess. So by living in that mess, you want to escape that mess. That's what that is. What makes your heart come alive? What would you do? And what I believe is this is, what makes your heart come alive is going to involve impacting others in a positive way. Because that's why we were created, for fellowship together. Jesus recognized if he stayed there, everything was going to be good there, but he needed to go impact others and their lives. And so God says that we need to go ahead and deal with others' mess. We need to help that, but we've got to listen for him to help us deal with our own mess. And what we find out is when we know our own uniqueness and we make a positive impact on others. And I'm going to tell you, some people here are saying, but my life's such a mess. How can I possibly make uh, an impact? I can tell you that one of the things I used to always get, for lack of a better term, jealous was, were people who had the greatest testimonies because their life was a complete disaster and Jesus turned it around. Your life can be used by God. God doesn't want you to do, do that and fall apart. Some of you just may be good people and God will use that in order to help somebody else. 
And so your life exists as a way to enrich and positively impact each other. Because when you do, then you will have a clear direction in your life. God's, when you, when you recognize your uniqueness, God is going to give you a job to do. You can't solve the whole problems of people in the messy world. I try, and it doesn't work out. You know why? Because I got my own mess, too. Because, and you know the other reason why I can't solve everybody's problem? This was an eye-opener. I remember the first couple I had in the church that had marriage issues, and I wanted to do so much to save that marriage. I wanted to do everything um, short of marrying them and living with them. And what, one day, as I was talking to them, it was this epiphany, and I said, I looked at them, and I said, this is not my marriage. And they looked at me, and I said, you're saying the same thing, and you guys aren't working on your marriage, but you're starting to affect mine. And I need to go home with my wife. And they were fine with it, and they had their own mess that was there. You know why I couldn't deal with that? And they, number one, they weren't ready. And number two, I'm not the savior of the world. My initials are JC, but I'm far from it. <laughs> Didn't think about that one, did you? <laughs> We're not the savior of the world, and there's one mess after another. You see, when we have this clear direction in life, we can make an impact. I want to share with you one thing as we close here today that I think is going to help you because it helps me. We need to stop trading something that is unique to you. You need to stop trading something that is unique to you for something someone else can do. I remember my dad said one time that when you die, the impact that most of us leave, I mean, people miss us. I like to think I'm going to be missed. Is... And is that the finger you put into a glass of water and the ripple is about how much the world's going to stop when you do that. You know, what we're doing here is to enrich here so that people can connect to Jesus. You know, I started thinking about this pressure thing. And some of us are living at this pressure level we never had. And I started thinking about it like a balloon. And because really that's what a balloon does, right? So first we got stuff going well. It's just kind of filling up. You know, we, we can handle this. We got more space. So we say, you know what, God, there's, there's some struggles in life, but guess what? I, I'll fill it up with more. <laughs> We're like, God, I'm going to exist like this. It's good. I've got it. I've got it. I've got, I got it under control. I still got some more here. I can make it. Oh, here, here, God, help me a little bit. I'll take a day's break. There we go. Oh, wait. And I'm here. I'm living on the edge. That's okay, God.
This is you. And that's what happens. Listen, that's what happens if you don't step back and let God, give God room. And when you don't give him room, you're going to end up in pieces in your life. And the only person who can put the pieces back together is Jesus. So why not go to him before you're exploded everywhere on the floor and let him put the pieces of your life back together. Stop living the way the world wants you to and go to him. Get still, as we sang today, and know God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you here today. I'm going to ask if everybody just please stand where they are. And God, you know, there are many of us that were just tired of living this craziness. Our lives are a mess. And you understand what that's like. There are many of us that people just need, 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 want, 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 take, take, take. And it just fills us and fills us and fills us. And meanwhile, there's pressure outside. And, and God, we don't know what to do except for just explode. But really what you want us to do is just to release some and let you fill and, and give us a new lift in life. Throughout this series of pressure, God, I hope that it's not something that people just take and say, wow, that was a good one, and they don't change anything in their lives. God, help us take a step back. Let us get alone with you so that we have, that we've recognized we're not just a cog in the works that if we left tomorrow, uh, our, our job or, our, you know, uh, or doing something else, uh, some committee or something, that somebody else, they just pop somebody else in and we think we're all just a number but God, we're not that to you. We're unique. And in our uniqueness, you love us so much that you came and you sent your son to die for us. For those of us who have a horrible story and are struggling today with, with the, the pressure of loss, with the pressure of addiction, with the pressure of work, with the pressure of lack of direction, God, let us take a step back and see our uniqueness in you and that you have a plan for our lives that can only be fulfilled when we trust you. And so, Lord God, today as we come here, if there's anyone here who's never opened up their lives and their hearts and said, I need a Savior. You're right. I'm try trying to be that way myself. Go ahead and do that. And God, if there's anyone who has a need and has a hurt, that they'll be led to come down forward to where I'm praying in the middle or where two people are going to pray as coordinators with them to help them pray and just to, just to kind of deal with uh, life's issues who are trustworthy and love you, Lord. And so, God, use the rest of this time for your service. When we leave this door, that world's still messy, but God, help give us direction to this hurting and dying world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask, um, I think, uh, if you'll come up here. Uh, Randy and Bobby, if you'll come up. Bobby, if you'll come to the side. And Randy, they're just here to pray with you. Um, one of the things that we, we've lost in church is that many people think that you can only pray with a preacher. But guess what? I don't, I don't really have a preacher I pray with. So praying with other people is something that's awesome. Go ahead and get an opportunity. Just come before the Lord and pray as Jill leads us in this song today.
I was, I was looking up here, and I was just thinking, um, that uh, balloon held on for a while, didn't it? Isn't it kind of funny? The other week I had that, um, that water and it fell to the top and that one broke at the right time. Way to go, God. Um, but as I was looking here, I just happened to look. There's pieces everywhere. and Tiny pieces. And there's, there's actually a couple that are in the nice, neat area. And a lot of times when everything's nice and neat, you'd expect to be ready for a mess to influence you. But most of all, seek God and give him direction. Don't, don't put up with that pressure. I, you guys can feel it, right? It's, it's, it's kicking up even more here. We're getting back to the fall and, uh, and things like that, so we're going to have pressure. Um, just, again, if you need to pray with somebody, um, please go ahead and just do so. Um, uh, approach somebody. This is a safe place. That's why it's got called Haven. It's to be a safe place where you can connect to God and get rid of the junk that's out there. You know what I mean? Um, if you're online watching and you just need somebody to pray with, go ahead and send that prayer request in, and we'll, we'll connect with you. But most of all, have an awesome week in Jesus. Now, next week, I want you to check out Facebook. We're going to have some, uh, um, some really cool stuff that's going to happen as we enter the fall. Um, we're even going to do a series called At the Movies, which many churches do, which is really good. Anybody like movies? It's going to be really cool, and we're going to do some other stuff in the fall, and, get, and we're even going to have some movies here. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Um, so be ready to do that. Also, a couple other things that we're going to uh, announce. The 28th of, um, of September is our church picnic, and you'll have some more information for that. And we love to get along, and this church loves to eat. Okay? So, um, but most of all, feast on Jesus. Have an awesome week. We love you. Knuckle punch, high five, do something to somebody. Have a great week. And Elk to Merrill. At Anchor, we consistently sell our cars and trucks for less and consistently give you more for your trade.